Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dancer Talks. My name is McCall Sheets and I'll be your host. Today I'm joined by Mark Lusk, the founder and head PT of MVMT Physical Therapy. He's worked in over 60 Broadway shows and is here today to share his expertise. So Mark, how did you get started in physical therapy? So I was a professional dancer for about 12 years. Um, I did about three national tours and worked around the US, um, which was a really successful career. Um, I was working downtown at a temp job on 9-11 and being there really changed my perspective about so many things in my life. So as I started to think about my dance career, I started to think about what do I want to do after this? But I also wanted to end my career on my terms. So I decided to pursue physical therapy. And in between that, I was able to work a, a regular corporate job for a few years as I transitioned. What was the process like to become a physical therapist and did your dance background influence it in any way? Yes. So becoming a physical therapist is definitely a long-term commitment. Um, the PT program itself is about three and a half years, but coming to it with only a BFA in dance, I had to go back and do a lot of prerequisites. I had to do my maths, sciences, English classes, a bunch of psychology stuff. So I had to go back and do a lot of classes. So that was about another three and a half years. So all in for me, it was about seven years total. Big commitment. Um, being a performer, I think I just brought a different work ethic to it. Um, dancers being workhorses, you just know that you've got to buckle down and get the work done. Um, also a, a different level of maturity, having worked professionally for so long. And then also knowing this is the career that I want to do as opposed to some of my uh, classmates who just transitioned from their, their undergraduate to, to the DPT program, I knew this is what I wanted to do and I was very passionate about it. So I think that that also had a big influence on my school. Yeah, it's so incredible because you had this background of dancing and knowing your body so well and then going straight into this, it's kind of a seamless transition. It really was. So part of my influence of becoming a physical therapist was I sustained a few injuries as a dancer and one of them was pretty severe. I tore my ACL right after I graduated college. Not a great way to start your dance career, kids. Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily I had PT before surgery and PT after surgery and so that was what exposed me to physical therapy. What is the most common injury that you see in Broadway performers and also non-Broadway performers? So they're quite different. So let me start with like my pedestrian patients or my urban athletes. Um, they're pretty specific. For people who work at a desk a lot, I'll often see a lot of neck problems, a lot of back problems. For my weekend warriors, urban athletes, my crossfitters, some of those are a little more specific to what they're doing. Um, shoulder pain, back pain. For dancers, it's kind of all over the map. And it's because our shows are so different. Um, it depends on so many different kind of things. I would say often we see a lot of foot and ankle injuries and knee injuries, um, but the show has so much of an impact, not only doing eight shows a week of the same thing over and over and over, but it depends on what your footwear is, costumes, what is the choreography like, um, do you have partnering? What about just the stairs in the theater, just going up and down stairs so many times? Um, is there a set with a lot of stairs? Um, so there's so many little factors, it's really quite unpredictable, but it, Overall, I'd say a lot of foot and ankle and a lot of knee injuries with dancers. How do you progress a Broadway performer back into a show where they may have been injured through repetitive movement? That's a great question because that's what a lot of our Broadway injuries are, is repetitive injuries 
Of course, we have the, the traumatic ones, but it's the repetitive ones that really get to be kind of tricky. First, we want to bring down any pain and inflammation. Once we can do that, we want to get in and look at the mechanics of the body part or of the movement. So working on those mechanics and improving that efficiency, we then start to gradually reload the body. Um, after that, if it's lower extremity, we want to be able to uh, reload their jumping and just work on that technique. And we want that technique to be really durable. So it looks great now, we can do 15 releves. Can we do that eight times a week for two hours? Um, so that's kind of the, the process that we look at. Um, and it's also we want to look at the specific movements in the show. What is their choreography like? What are those demands? Because that's the repetitive movement. So making sure that those mechanics are good, there's good strength and durability around those movements, and then making sure that they can get back safely and comfortably doing that. Have you ever been injured yourself? And did you treat yourself? What's it like for a physical therapist to be injured? I have been injured. So right after I graduated college, I ruptured my ACL, which is a pretty severe injury. Um, that's when I had physical therapy before surgery and after surgery, and I got to see different types of physical therapy, and that's when I knew this might be something that I want to do as a career later. Um, it's, it's devastating being injured right in the prime of your, your career like that. Um, it definitely helped me to understand patients and um, see that there was a way forward through this injury. And it gave me a lot of hope that I would dance again. And I did. I had the, the rest of my dance career after that. Um, as an adult, I've had a couple of neck injuries. And as a CrossFitter now, that can really get in the way. Um, I think as a physical therapist, I understand the body and I understand these injuries. But I think I know when things are beyond my scope, when things are beyond my ability to treat myself. I can get away with only so much. And then I know I have to go get some help from someone else. Um, and it's actually a little better that way to be able to hand that over and say, I need your help and have them guide me through. Um, and then also being injured as an adult, as a physical therapist, always reminds me what it's like to be injured and what my patients go through and how I can be more patient and tolerant and compassionate as a therapist. Because it's my job to help them through their injury. Yeah, that's so true. And it's really nice to have that compassionate physical therapist that's working with you that understands what it's like. I think so. If you, know, if you haven't been through it, if you don't understand it, it's hard to help that person along the journey. Yeah, definitely. What makes your clinic unique? Well, MVMT is unique in that we really emphasize a one-to-one -one treatment model. So it's your session and yours alone. We're not juggling you along with three and four other patients at the same time. So we really value that, that relationship with our patients. Um, our PTs also have really extensive manual training as uh, therapists. Um, and also as dancers, as CrossFitters, as athletes, we've lived the life. We've been there. We've done it. So we've got this 360 point of view of what it's like to be the performer, be the athlete, and the therapist. So I think that that's really our unique perspective. And we speak the language of dance. Yeah, that's incredible. Because there's not many people who, there's a lot of dancers and there's not a lot of dance special physical therapists in the world. It's not uncommon to go see a physical therapist as a, as a dancer and talk to them about your hip range of motion or this feels tight or this doesn't feel free. And in our training, 
we're just taught to look at things from normal range of movement values. So we understand that your Batma needs to be a lot bigger than the average person. So we understand those things. What was it like being in PT school and learning everything in the normal ranges and then having to go and re-figure it out on dancers? I think, and just having been a dancer, um, it's just knowing what's possible. You know, if you've ever seen Cirque du Soleil, if you've ever been to a dance performance, if you've ever been a dancer or been in training, you know what the body is possible of. So when we're learning these numbers and these ranges and the norms, great, I already know that that's what 95% of the population should look like. We know when it falls outside of that, you're not meeting that, so that's a deficit. This is what we need to get as, as normal. But with dancers, we know that there's a kind of another realm, another <laughs> scale, another allowance of what's possible. Um, so I think my experience as a dancer, being in PT school helped me to understand that there's more. What are some of your favorite exercises that dancers can do to keep strong and healthy? Three words, and it's core, core, core. Um, that being said, crunches are not core stabilization exercises. So it's important for us to work on core stabilization through a lot of different positions and alignments so that we can stabilize in those positions. Um, and there's just so many different exercises for that. I would say you're probably not going to find them on Facebook or Instagram. Um, for dancers, uh, there's also a lot of foot strengthening and st uh, stabilization exercises. The, the foot is the whole platform for the body, so it's important that we work on that stabilization as well. Um, so there's a whole series of foot exercises that we, that we love as well. Um, that being said, Favorite exercises really depends on what is the body part, what is the injury, what is the issue. What's some advice that you would give to a performer coming back from this pandemic onto the stage? And do you think that it will be the same as someone coming back from an injury? I do think it's going to be very similar, like coming back from an injury, um, except you're probably just not dealing with pain. The, the main thing is to keep moving, but also to return gradually. So as our dancers and my other athletic patients, they're used to performing at a high level, but a lot of people haven't been doing anything for the last 10 or 12 months. So you've kind of gone from 60 to zero, and it really only takes about two weeks to, become, to start deconditioning. So coming back from that, we want to just be very gradual, very methodical, um, and just understanding that what you used to do needs to be kind of put up on a shelf for a moment. You'll get there, but it's just gonna take a little while. Um, we wanna make sure that we're not going from zero to 60 because that's just gonna set us up for an injury as well. It's important also, I think, to, to mix it up. So it's important to keep moving, but if we just do the same thing all the time, we're gonna be strong at that one thing and not much else. So if all you do is spin class, if all you do is yoga, all you do is kickboxing, if all you do is ballet class, there's not a lot of durability there, there's not a lot of transference. So as Broadway performers, as dancers in general, we need to be very well-rounded. So it's important to mix it up, be consistent, and do it gradually. Yeah, that's kind of like what I do because I just started as a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And I'm working at this gym that has a lot of clients that are ballet dancers. And they come in here you know, on their off-season or during their season just to try and you know, keep those muscles that might not be used or build their endurance 
um, and keep strong in places where it might not always be um, working in ballet class or if they're doing a performance and they're not necessarily getting those big jumps because they can't, you know, the show doesn't require them to jump big. Maybe you'll work on, okay, let's work on like quad strength or something like that. And also this um, exercising that I do or that I <laughs> coach now is very catered to a specific um, like a dancer or a performer. So we're working on the long muscles, whereas in other um, classes, you can take a class, but they won't necessarily know, okay, well, tomorrow you have to go do Swan Lake. <laughs> so, or you'll, be, you'll have to be um, in Hamilton. They won't know like, okay, this specific movement. So I think it's really good as in PT and um, now personal training, you can work with someone one-on-one -on -one, and I really understand that now. It's, it, and that one-on-one -on -one relationship is really good. Um, but again, it's, it's important just to keep things very well-rounded mm -hmm. and keep everything strong. Yeah, definitely. More, more durable bodies are harder to kill. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of the craziest injuries that you've ever seen? Um, I've seen a bunch of pretty crazy injuries. I'm trying to think of what I can talk about without divulging patient information. Um, I've seen some really interesting things just from shows or performance or rehearsals, and I look at the person and I'm like, how did you do that? Um, I've worked with a couple of patients who have fallen more than 20 feet. Um, those are pretty brutal injuries. Um, and I think the craziest injury that I worked with was uh, a patient who had um, not only been run over by a truck once, but twice. Yeah, but uh, she, did, she did really well. She's very persistent and she made a lot of great progress. What is the best part about being a physical therapist? Well, that's really easy. Um, the best part is being able to help someone through their injury, um, getting back to the things that they'd love to do. Uh, it's also helping them discover things that they didn't know about themselves that was possible and just helping them through that emotional injury, uh, emotional aspect of the injury. I've been injured myself a number of times, and it's great to have someone in your corner helping you through that who has been through it and understands it. Yeah, definitely. You're in my corner when I had an injury, so. <laughs> Absolutely. I am very, very grateful. What advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in physical therapy? Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I would say make sure that it's what you want to do. All PT programs have a requirement for volunteer hours. So I would say start there. Get out there and volunteer and shadow a physical therapist and follow them for a little while and really get exposed to what the job is like. Make sure it's something you want to do. It's a long haul, so make sure that you're interested in putting in the work, but it's so incredibly rewarding. Um, finally, I would say some advice that I got as an aspiring physical therapist was uh, don't pay a lot for your degree because there's so many different programs out there and they all have their strengths and weaknesses. But the degree is the degree is the degree. So it doesn't really matter a whole lot where you get your degree from. What matters is the work you put in in school and what you want to do with your career afterwards. What do you think about cross-training for dancers, especially because now most dancers are reaching a year off of performing from the pandemic? 
Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes to cross training. Um, you know, as dancers, we get so much exercise on a daily basis, going to class, going to auditions, choreographing, teaching. We get a lot of exercise, but we don't often seek other things outside of that. Like I said, with our urban athletes, a lot of them just get in one lane. They only spin, they only do yoga, they only kickbox. Um, so it's important for us to cross train so that we can be much more durable. Durability is you know, our best prevention against injury. Um, so I do recommend that, that dancers cross train. Do go to yoga, do go to spin class, crossfit, boot camps, kickboxing. Um, anything that you wanna do outside of dance class is going to help. Um, just make sure that we're not staying in one lane and that we don't go from zero to 60 because that's definitely a surefire way to line yourself up for an injury. What's it like right now for a PT to be working during a pandemic? It's, it's very different. Um, it's a challenge here in New York because Broadway's been shut down for an entire year. So there's no shows to work on. There's no dancers or performers who are getting injured to work on. Um, so that's a big challenge. As far as my regular pedestrian patients, my CrossFitters, my urban athletes, a lot of them have just left the city. So it's, that's changed a lot. Also, how we work in the clinic has definitely changed. Um, more precautions around um, screening, temperatures, um, keeping distance, how we maintain the physical space. So it's, it's been a big challenge. Um, I've been fortunate in that I've been able to stay afloat. Um, and it's, it's been a good time to step back and reflect and reassess how I'm running my business and how I'm marketing. I've, I'm the physical therapist. I've been injured. What was it like for you going through your injury? Um, I have had so many injuries for throughout my dancing career, and they were all a learning experience, I must say. My first injury was a stress fracture because I was young. It was in my toe. I was young, eager, um, doing a ton of point work. And one day I just felt this really sharp pain and I was at a summer program. So that was really hard for me to step back. But when I did, I let myself heal and I got back into dancing, but I did not do physical therapy. So years went on and I ended up getting a stress fracture in both fibulas. And at that point I was in a really, really intense BFA program and um, I did physical therapy, but ended up still dancing <laughs> because I just couldn't let it go and hurt myself even more towards the point where I had to have surgery. Hmm. And the physical therapist I had, you know, kept me in there, kept me going. But it was a really long road, and I don't think that I could have been, <laughs> like, excited about my career if it hadn't been for the support behind me. And then eventually I got back into dancing, was rehearsing a ton with this company I was in, and I had a back injury. It was right before a big audition that I had for another company in Europe, and I came to you. And your expertise and um, all of the exercises and things you did and how you were so clear about what was going on and what I had to fix, what to do. It was 
really, really enlightening for me because as a dancer, I always want to know exactly what's going on with my body and how to fix it right away. Well, you told me, okay, this is what's going on and we'll have to progress and see what's happening. And that really turned a light bulb on for me because other physical therapists I've had would say, okay, we'll do this exercise. And I, I know I've done that exercise a billion times, but then through your method, it was more of, okay, we'll progress to this, and this is what's going on. And it was just a clearer way of explaining things and going through things that really changed my life. And now I have not had an injury in a long time, thank goodness. And even um, during the pandemic, I've had aches and pains, but you're always there yeah. to answer my questions and... That's great. That's what I love hearing is that type of experience. Um, some things that are important for me as a physical therapist is that you, the patient, you, the dancer, understand what's happening with your body. This is why this injury happened. Here's what we're going to do to get out of it. Here's our plan. Um, but I feel the, the more you know and the more you understand about your body, which is why I get the models out and I draw on the mirrors and the doors and I have physical therapy hand puppetry, I want you to understand what's happening because it's not this big mystery of why these things happen. We can trace it back and understand this is why this happened. Mm -hmm. The more you understand about that, the better your outcomes are. The more ownership you take of your body and this body is your livelihood. This is your instrument. So you have to take care of it and you have to own it. Um, so that's, that's great to hear. Um, I think also the thing that was really important for you was that you asked for help. Because as dancers, we're often trained, don't admit that you're injured. Don't tell anybody that this hurts. Um, and the worst thing that I've ever heard a dancer say was, my teacher used to tell me, if it hurts, dance on it. <laughs> that makes great sense. This hurts. Keep doing that thing that hurt. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> Please, if you're watching, if you're listening, dance teachers, dancers, pain is there for a reason. Stop and listen to it and ask for help. Um, because it actually takes a lot more strength to ask for help than to not. Um, so asking for help is super important and understanding that you've got people in your corner who are on your team. We want you to succeed. I want you to do better. I want you back on stage. I can't wait till Broadway reopens. I want to see you on stage. But in order to do that, you've got to be healthy and strong. So what, how can I help you get back there? So if you've never had physical therapy, if you don't understand what it is that I do, that we do as PTs, that's what we do. We just help improve all of these things so you can be a much better, more uh, healthier version of yourself. So what's the difference between concert dance and musical theater slash Broadway? So they, the similarity is that they both employ dancers. And that's often where the similarity ends. They're very different beasts with uh, company work, ballet companies, contemporary uh, modern companies, you're working usually under the same choreographer. So you're doing a very similar style over and over. However, you're probably doing repertoire. So each performance looks very different from the next. Um, often your performance schedules are also a little more spread out. 
So you may be on tour and you may have six performances this week, but then you've got a travel day and you're moving in and maybe only three performances this week. Musical theater and Broadway, same show, same choreography, every single night in the same place. Unless you're on tour and then you're moving around. But then it's still the same thing and you still have to deal with your body as you're on tour and traveling. That's where we get often those repetitive strain injuries. Um, and then also in Broadway world, your body is your responsibility. In a company setting, you're probably gonna have company class or you're gonna have company classes and technique classes throughout the week to work on that. Broadway, you're on your own. So it's a lot more responsibility to get the training that you need, get the help and physical help uh, that you need, um, but then also before the show to do your warm up and to prepare yourself for that show. And then again, if you're moving from show to show to show, each show is very different, but it's still the same thing. So the difference there is you need to change up your technique. If you're doing a ballet company, you know what the technique is. You're auditioning for Broadway shows, you're going from a different show to a different show, different choreographers, different techniques. So what would you advise someone to do if they're in a Broadway show and they want to stay at their peak but not overdo it because they're dancing all the time. But how would you, for example, on your day off, would you say take a dance class or do stretch or do some type of workout or would you say not? So rest is super important. So it's important that we're getting the rest throughout the week that you need as well. Understanding that during the week auditions are gonna pop up, rehearsals, put in rehearsals, you've got two show days. So you need to understand how to navigate and maintain your energy for the job you have to do. However, I've talked about durability a lot. You've gotta be more durable than your eight week show. So it is important in those off days or the one show days that you are getting some other things in, whether it's a dance class, whether it's a workout at the gym, whether it's a yoga workout, that's where you need to fill in the blanks a little bit. Um, one of my mentors, Jen Green, who had the clinic Physio Arts, um, had an incredible saying called, you, dancers need to be stronger than their show. And I love that and it still holds true. If this is what you've got to get through, you need to be a little bit stronger than that so that you can handle those extras, the extra rehearsal, the extra show, the three auditions that week. And yeah, now it's um, totally different because everyone's gonna have to be doing something to get back into it, whether it's you know taking that Zoom class or um, doing that workout every day or having a routine of certain things you do so you can feel better and see the progress. Yes, coming out of the hole is definitely gonna be really challenging for a lot of people. Because when you're in the mode, when you're in the show, when you're in the middle of audition season, you've already got your schedule. You probably have also got your work schedule as well. So it's easier to kind of figure out where things fit in. But again, if you've been doing nothing, if we're starting from zero, if you don't have that regular routine and schedule, it's really daunting. Where do I start? But you've just gotta start somewhere. So maybe you take two classes during the week, two Zoom classes, and maybe you figure out another cardio day. Are you gonna go for a jog? Are you gonna get on the bike? Just to do something to start to get moving again and get your cardio capacity up a little bit. Yeah, because I've been doing something like that where on Sunday night, I'll write a schedule for the week. I'll say, or I'll write a goal first. 
okay, I want to run this amount or I want to take this many classes. And then I put it in and I say, this is when I'm doing this. And if I don't do it, then it's on me and I might feel a little bad. Right, but that's so, accountability. Yeah. So again, come up with the plan and stick with it. If, if you don't have the plan, you don't know where to start. You don't know where you're going and you don't know if you've gotten there. So that's why it's really important. Maybe set it out for the week. Why not look at it for the month? So if I'm taking two classes this week, by the third week, I want to be taking three classes. Then I want to take four classes that last week. Once I'm solid with that for a few weeks, then I can start to add in some other things, maybe a yoga class or running. But again, create a plan and then stick to it. What is your stance on stretching? Because in dance, people tend to hold the splits in with crazy amounts of oversplit or, you know, do um, static stretching before they take class. And I've heard that it's not good to do that, but what's your stance? The best way to warm a muscle up is to use it. So going through some easy movements um, is a good way to warm the muscles up because it's better to stretch a warm muscle than a cold muscle. So that's how I'll start to structure my warm-ups is I want to get the body moving and then we'll add some stretches. Static stretches are fine. I also like more active stretches. So um, using a technique called reciprocal inhibition or being able to move yourself through a greater range of motion rather than just cranking on your leg um, just gives it a little bit more variety. It is possible to overstretch. And sometimes when we see a lot of dancers who complain about their hamstrings are really tight, well, if you can still bring your leg all the way up by your ear, your hamstrings are not tight. But it may just because it's been a little overstretched that it just feels a little inflamed, and that could be the tightness that you're feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a tight hamstring. <laughs> so there, you can overstretch. Hmm, that is really interesting because I always feel like I have tight hamstrings. And then there, you know, my brother, he can't even touch his toes. And I'm over here touching the ground saying, I have tight hamstrings. Elbows. Right. Yeah. <laughs> elbows to the floor. Yeah, those are not tight hamstrings. It's your, it's your perception of it. And it is, it's a little overstretched sometimes. But I think variety is better. So some passive stretches are fine. Active stretches are good as well. Um, and also understanding that the foam roller is not stretching. Yeah. It's a good soft tissue mobilization. But again, it's not everything. What do you think about running for dancers? Because it's in parallel, and I've been doing a lot of running. I ran a marathon. You and ran a marathon? <laughs> yeah. Last that is year. Awesome. Yeah, just, you know, had the time. Because <laughs> through my whole entire ballet career and even training, all the teachers said, don't run. It's bad for your joints. It's bad for your knees. Um, it's bad for your hips. It's bad for everything. And for some reason, I wanted to run. I, my mom ran marathons, and I had enough time. I wasn't dancing and rehearsing a lot, so I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I set a goal because I'm, you know, dancers, we set lots of, have lots of expectations yeah. for ourselves, thinks we can do everything, so I said, I'm going to run a marathon, did it. But do you think that it's necessarily good if you're to do some running, if you're in a show and you want to build stamina, for example, and you're trying to get back into it? Absolutely. I it's a big fallacy that running is bad for you. Um, and there's actually been studies that look at the joints of runners and they're no more degenerated than 
other people their age. Um, so that's really kind of a fallacy, the same fallacy that really heavy weightlifting is bad for your knees, it's bad for your hips. It's not, and the research shows that. Um, so I think there's a lot of bad information. Sometimes it comes from our teachers, though they have the best intent. Um, so there's a lot of those preconceived notions or myths that are out there, and they're, they're not entirely true. Um, so no, I think it's okay for dancers to run. Um, actually working through parallel is a good thing, especially for a lot of band, ballet dancers who live in turnout. Um, that's not great either. I think it just becomes another piece of variety of movement. Um, what I would say though is if you're a dancer and you've never really run before, get into it very gradually. Talk to a professional and figure out how can I increase my running safely in a healthy way and not injure myself and still be able to do my show. Yeah, start slow and... And build up. And Yeah, and start very small. Because <laughs> I wouldn't risk your dance career with your cross chain. No, absolutely not. It should be there to support your career. So if you're gonna be in the gym and lift weights, which is important for men and women, men obviously because they have to do a lot of partnering and lifting, but women also just need to be much stronger in their upper bodies than they traditionally have been, especially also with a lot of floor work, getting down to the floor and back up. Um, but I wouldn't do that to the detriment of my dance career. Yeah, and that's why I think it's always important to work with someone. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of Dancer Talks. My name is McCall Sheets, and don't forget it. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dancer Talks on YouTube and check out Mark Lusk's Facebook, Instagram, and website for MVMT Physical Therapy. And also, he does incredible blog posts, so you're going to want to check out those too. And I will link all of those in the description below for you to view. Thank you so much, and keep dancing.